0: Right, well it's nice to see no one's left so I take that as a real positive especially knowing that we're going to talk about money so that is really good so for some reason as Tracy said no one likes talking about this subject but you've only got to turn on your television and you'll find no end of adverts talking about money they're either telling you how to invest your money how to spend it holidays, cars, whatever, Um, and there is even an advert telling us that we don't like talking about money. So what does money say to you? So let me introduce you to him. No, is it not working? See, even the overheads doesn't like talking about money. Are you okay, guys? All right. Well, eventually, a little man's going to, there he is, he's come to say hello, and this is money. Now, if you look very close, it may not be English money, but shh, don't, just don't tell anyone that, okay? So, what does money say to you? Does it say, I'm going to get a new car, or oh, I'm going to buy a new house, or oh, I'm definitely going to put in for that luxury holiday next year? But does money tell you how to spend it? Or what to spend it on? Does it control you? Now money, believe it or not, isn't good and it isn't evil. It has no power. The only power it has is the way we use it. So let's look at money in a different way. God loves us and provides for us. He has a plan for each and every one of us. So why wouldn't he provide the money for us to carry out those plans? It is us that determine how we use this money. So what does Jesus say about this? Well, you may be surprised that there is 16 out of 38 parables in the New Testament that Jesus told were about money and possessions. That's quite a lot, isn't it? quite a lot. And as far as we know, he never asked for any money during his ministry, except for a coin, which he used as an illustration. But here is one of the other stories that he's told. You can find this story in the New Testament, and it's in Luke 16. Now, I've taken the story this week from the Message Bible. Same Bible, but it's wrote a bit differently. And it says there was a rich man who had a, who had a manager. He got reports that the manager had been taking advantage of his position by running up huge personal expenses. So he called him in and said, "What's this I hear about you? You're fired, and I want a complete audit of your books." The manager said to him, "What's himself? What am I going to do? I've lost my job as a manager." I'm not strong enough for a labouring job, and I'm too proud to beg. Oh, I've got a plan. Here's what I'll do. Then when I'm turned out onto the streets, people will take me into their houses. Oops, go back one. Then he went at it. One after another, he called the people who were in debt to his master. He said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He replied, a hundred jugs of olive oil. The manager said, here, take your bill, sit down here quick now and write out 50. To the next he said, and what do you owe? He answered, a hundred sacks of wheat. He said, take your bill and write in 80. Now here's the surprise. The master praised the crooked manager. And why? Why? because he knew how to look after himself. Streetwise people are smarter in this regard than law-abiding citizens. They are on constant alert, looking for angles, surviving on their wits. I want you to be smart in the same way. But what is right? Using every adversity to stimulate you, to create survival, to concentrate your attention on the bare essentials, so you'll live and not it Thank you. Just get by on good behavior. Now, that's what the message says. Now, you can read this in any of your Bibles at home, but it's the same message. Now, in this story, many of us might think that the manager was, you know, quite quick thinking, trying to save himself from a life he didn't want. And even his own employer couldn't help but admire him for doing this, But was it right? He was cheating his employer out of what was rightly his. And he was also encouraging other people to lie for him. In the hope that when he had no job, these people would remember him. And would say, yeah, we'll help you out. So why do you think Jesus talked about money? Because money talks. It can add meaning to your life but it is not the meaning of life. I think that's a lovely phrase. It adds meaning to your life. So the money God provides for us helps us to live our lives, but it's not the meaning of life. And I think that's, people can get confused with that. Money helps us live day to day. And if you've ever been in the position where you don't have enough to live day to day, you know how important God's provision of money is. It's an essential provision. A few years ago, Adrian and I went into debt management. And it began when we were trying to help out one of my sons. And unfortunately, we ended up in a debt of (sighs) £36,000. I can hear the noise. Yes, £36,000. How could we possibly have ended up in that much debt? but we did. It wasn't all our debt. We hadn't run it all up, but we were responsible for it. It was in our name. It was our responsibility. So with a huge debt, and our debtors weren't really interested in how we got there, all they were interested in was getting their money back. So eventually, we knew we needed help. It's something we couldn't manage on our own. So we went to a charity called Christians Against Poverty. They're similar to Frontline that we used to run here. And they took over the management of our debts and with our debtors. And last year, for the first time in six years, we became debt-free. Thank you. (laughs) During that time, life was tough. We couldn't always do what we wanted to do. We couldn't carry out the plans that we'd planned together. But we always had enough. There was always food on the table, clothes on our backs. The kids were okay. God had provided us with some wonderful friends who always made sure we were okay. Our Christmas meal was supplied for a number of years and that we need to be thankful for. And we've learned through this experience that it is important to talk about money, especially when you share your life with someone. We may not have got into that much debt if I'd had the courage to speak to Adrian about it. If I'd had the courage to say to him, I love you, I'm so sorry, I have done this. But I didn't. I didn't have that courage to share that. Shared it with God, and He probably gave me a nudge, and I probably thought, Oh, no, I'm not listening to you, God. I can't do this, it's too big. But I want to encourage every one of you it is never too big. Find someone to talk about, find someone to talk to. There are plenty of people in this church that are willing to sit and listen to you, there are plenty of organizations. That will listen to you, but you need to take that first step. God does provide for us, so I ask you that question again: Is money your boss? The amount of money we have doesn't count, or how is how we use that money that counts? As I've said before. Money can quite easily take God's place. It can become your master. You must take control of it and listen to what God is telling you to do with it. Remember, he's given you this provision for a reason. We consult God on most things, our health, our food, what we're going to do. We pray for people as we've just done before. So why not consult God on our finances? He'll direct us with our problems or our investments. We just need to ask him how to use it. In Luke verse 16, Jesus goes on to say, if you're honest in small things, you'll be honest in big things. If you're a crook in small things, you'll be a crook in big things. If you're honest in small jobs, Who will put you in charge of the stall? No worker can serve two bosses. He'll either hate the first or love the second, or adore the first and despise the second. We need to look at money as a tool. How we use it to work for God's kingdom. It doesn't matter how many possessions we have if they're not God's giving. I expect you've all heard of the expression, well, you can't take it with you. Well, we can't take our money or our possessions with us when we die, but we can be remembered for the effect our resources have had to bring people to faith. If we're honest with ourselves, and we would like to be remembered for what we did with our lives and not by the amount of inheritance we've left, Money can be hard and a deceptive master. Wealth promises power and control, but great fortunes can be made and lost overnight, and no amount of money can provide health, happiness, or eternal life. So my plea to you today is, let God be the master of your money. Let's look forward to the next few weeks in talking about money. It's going to be a great series. Thank you.